Before tonight's Angle of Pursuit podcast, a word from our sponsor. I cannot believe Jerry Jones didn't re-sign DeMarco Murray. What an idiot. Like you could do better. I guarantee I could. They should change the name from Jerry's Cowboys to Dennis's Cowboys. Well, here's the chance to prove it. Head over to MyFootballNow.com. It's the number one rated online professional football management simulator. You become the owner, general manager of a pro football team. You get to hire the coaches, draft the players, sign free agents, manage the salary cap, all while putting together your own game plan. You'll play against players from around the world, and all the, and the best part is, it's totally free. Build your dynasty now at MyFootballNow.com. First thing I'm going to do is get DeMarco back in the Longhorn State. Hey, welcome back, guys. This is part two of our NFC North breakdown with the better half of the Angle of Pursuit podcast, Dennis Dunbar at Lions Den NFL. Tonight, we're breaking down the Packers and the Vikings, so enjoy. Let's talk Green Bay. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Like Dennis said, best quarterback in the NFL. Incredible talent. Uh, Amazing for fantasy. I mean, what's not to like? So, so, Ron, I'll let you start. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, your number one quarterback for this year? Mm. I For this year, no, I'm going to have to go luck. But, I mean, it, it's so close. It's a lot closer than, than you would think. And a lot of people would probably take the Rodgers side of that debate. But, I mean, I, I just – I think luck's just going to blow up. And I think he's going to have to – he's going to be forced into more positions where he has to throw the ball more. And I think just based off the volume he's going to get, you know, with his new weapons, I just kind of like him more than uh, than Rodgers. But it's not much by much. What about you, Dennis? Um, It, it is a tough one for me. I'm going to have to say Luck. The only thing that scares me about Luck is uh, Matthew Stafford's third year now that I've noticed that little uh, connection there. But I'm believing that Andrew Luck's uh, better than Stafford. But, you know, it, it – it, it, it is a little scary, though, when you think about it. Not too many quarterbacks have thrown for 40-something touchdowns and then followed it up the next year with a forty another 40-yard touchdown. I don't know of any. Honestly, Drew Brees has been the most consistent, but I don't even know that he's done that. I mean, you look at when... Peyton Manning did it. He had the next year. He was pretty. He was down. You know, this that was last year, obviously. And then Tom Brady in '07. The next year he tore his ACL, but he never really regained that. So you know, I have a I have a little fear of regression for luck. And you know, I'm torn in my projections because I want to project him at a few more. Like, oh, he got Andre Johnson. He could at least throw a couple more touchdowns than he did last year. But then realistically, I look over past patterns with the league and you know just other elite quarterbacks like Luck. You know what they've did in their careers and it makes me want to lower it down to more like in the 30s or something not that that's horrible but you know i still think uh you know aaron Rodgers is going to throw in the high 30s just because that's what he's been doing year in and year out so if i want to go safe i'm going to say andrew i mean uh aaron Rodgers. and if i want to risk having a, a zero in the fantasy playoffs week 16 i'm going to go andrew luck Wow. Uh, yeah, it's luck for me, and it's it's really not close. Um, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, sorry, I must have been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's Aaron Rodgers, and it's not close. I, 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 I get what you're saying about Week 16, but I'd much rather take the, I don't know, I just, I trust oh, he him threw more. Up a, he threw up a dud in Week 16. I know, because I was facing him and won a league facing him when he threw up a zero. So let's talk about the the pass catchers though, and, and let's talk about you know we were mentioned you mentioned earlier about the the teams that had you know two one thousand yard receivers. So is that something we can see again? And and Ron, I'll let you start. You know, talk to me about Nelson and Cobb and and where you have these two guys and and kind of what you think they could do this year. I mean, Dennis thinks there's a big difference between Nelson and Cobb. I'm I'm really, I guess I'm. I'm going to disagree because I think Cobb can just have, he can finish with just as many touchdowns and he can be force fed the ball just as much as Nelson. So I think, hold on. When when did I say there was a big difference? I just know Jordy's your guy. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. We both know that. Yeah, fair enough. No, I just think that, that a lot of people would rather have Nelson and not only Dennis, but a lot of other owners out there would rather have Jordy Nelson. But, 
Randall Cobb's still a great player, and he's still so young at 24 that um, that that's another reason why I think he turns 25 in a month. But yeah. um, you know, he's still going to get a, a ton of targets in that offense, and and I think the touchdowns are always there. I mean, he had a career high 12 touchdowns last year, so you know if he if he can duplicate those numbers, and um, I, I see him still as a, as a really you know a borderline top 12 you know, top 10 wide receiver. Um, definitely PCR. Yeah. You got two good receivers. And like Dennis said, a thousand yards or more. I think that's pretty much a given for both these guys. I expect, uh, I expect the, you know, the targets and the, and the receptions to be there, but uh, I'd much rather have Jordy Nelson. I think he has the potential to be the number one receiver in fantasy where, where I don't think that's in the car to Randall Cobb. I think he can be a very stable guy who's, you know, anywhere from 7 to 12 or 13 among receivers. And, you know, we were reading, reading, uh, reading through the number one potential guys that, um, you know, owners could draft. And, you know, Randall Cobb, I, I don't know that I could take him over most of them, but I, I feel like like every year I want to, you know, bang the drum for Jordy Nelson because, like Dennis was saying earlier, you know, he's consistently underdrafted and he's always, you know, in or right at my top five. So, I, I love Jordy Nelson. I think 13, 14, 1500 yards, double digit touchdowns is very, very reasonable. Um, and, and to the Cobb, you know, last year was the first year he, he eclipsed the thousand yard mark. You know, last year he had 12 touchdowns. I think, you know, 2012 when he had 80 catches, 950 yards and eight touchdowns is, is kind of what owners should expect from, from Cobb this season. And if they get more than that, then that's, you know, that's icing on the cake, but to, to, to expect the 12, 1300 yards and double digit touchdowns is a, is a, is a tad aggressive, um, uh, for me, but that, you know, if, if you think, you know, with the, you know, Cobb's young still, he's learning and they obviously signed him to a role, can, but they, they were also, you know, kind of willing to, to let him test free agency if he, if that's what he wanted to do. And I think he checked around and, and saw, you know, oh, I'm catching passes from Aaron Rodgers and we can win a Super Bowl next year. So. Let me re-up and, and stay here and see what I can do. So let's, uh, let's talk about the other guys there though. Cause there's a, there's a guy that, you know, the, that is in Green Bay that's, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, he can be the third guy, a lot like what Denver has done in the past or, you know, other teams have done where they've, you know, they've fed three mouths and they've had three guys, especially when you have an elite quarterback like Rodgers or Manning or Luck, you know, they, they've shown the ability to, to make three valuable receivers. Um, so, Ron, I'll let you start. Um, Devontae Adams is that guy, and, and where are you at with him? Well, I think you brought up a good point. I mean, the offense can support many multiple wide receivers in, the, in that system. I mean, just just look at a guy like James Jones. I mean, he wasn't anything special, but he got the job done, you know, and, and that that's the type of player that um, they're basically – that's what they're looking for here is um, a third third option – and I think he's going to serve a great purpose as long as he stays healthy. Um, this is a player that can take the next step forward. And I'm sure he's he's being hyped up a little bit too much, in my opinion. But um, as far as the dynasty, he's still a great target. And what about you, Dennis? Well, just to your point earlier, um, Jordy and Randall, you hit the nail right on the head. Jordy could be the number one wide receiver easy, whereas I don't think Cobb could cross that threshold but both very safe both very good picks but where you're drafting them they're only two receivers apart aj green is all that separates them ron and you're talking two to three hundred yards receiving and another couple touchdowns to me yeah ron it's worth going you know if if it was jordy was being drafted as a number three receiver and cobb is like the number 12 then I could see that. But with them being wide receiver seven and nine, to me it makes zero sense to go with Cobb. But anyways, back to Devontae Adams. Guy I really liked last year. Um, I just kept waiting on him to hit, 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 hit. He had a couple good games, but he never really did nothing. So it kind of left me a little sour. And then Cobb re-up, so that kind of hurt his stock a little bit. And then I start – Searching on player profiler with, you know, our good buddy, Fantasy Mansion, Matt Kelly. And I looked at some of the efficiency metrics on there with Devontae Adams. And 
they were pretty horrific, man. Like, he was pretty horrible from an efficiency standpoint. So that's a bit of a red flag. I don't know that it's going to keep me from owning him or drafting him. Like, I have the option to keep him as, like, a 15th-round keeper, but I have a lot of good options. And, you know, it's kind of hard for me to throw him back in the pool at that price because of Aaron Rodgers. And, and what if Cobb does go down or Jordy doesn't come back from his hip injury or something? Then we're talking Devontae Adams as – potentially a wide receiver one maybe on some weeks at least a wide receiver two i would think so you know i like to own guys like that that who could step in and have a top 20 role right away so you know to me adams is definitely a guy worth uh targeting and taking depending on where you can get him where's he going right now kyle uh give me two yeah, that's seconds. the big question though dennis is what 11th price round get him you know? 11th round that is a perfect 11th round pick he was in the eighth ninth round earlier this year and i think some yeah. of the rookies have bumped him out so yeah 11th round dude all day unless yeah. it's him or nelson aguilar then i would you know i would take aguilar over him but any of them other guys tory smith no thanks uh kenny stills no thanks garcon no thanks so you'd rather have Devontae Adams than Torrey Smith? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you are on something. Um, I'm I'm going to completely disagree with you. I don't think Devontae Adams is a good football player. I think, you know, I, I, I had my questions about him. And, and then, as you said, we met, we talked with Matt Kelly about him, and I think that kind of cemented my my thoughts, my feelings. Like, I... I understand maybe underperforming with a quarterback that's not as accurate or not special. Aaron Rodgers especially he puts the ball where it needs to be basically every time. Right. And, you know, an inability to make plays with that in production. And I, I don't see it. I don't think he's very good. I think, you know, I, I, yeah, his, his uh, ADPs come down a lot. So I, I like that. Um, but if I'm drafting, there's, you know, I'm not, He's going basically, you know, top 50 receivers. So, yeah, but, I like, you know, we were talking about Terrence Williams. Ron, I'd much rather have Terrence Williams. I'd much rather have John Brown from Arizona. I'd rather have Devontae Parker, uh, Kendall Wright in Tennessee. Um, you know, there he's he's yes. the, where around where he's going, there's other guys that I would rather take a risk on. I just – I'd rather take Eric Decker in the Jets. I'd rather take Torrey Smith. I'd rather take Charles Johnson. So, you know, kind of in that area um, – I don't, I don't like it. Real, and, real and, quick. Sorry, sure. I would take Tory Smith over him. I don't know why. I was just reading all them names, and I really didn't register, you know, what I was saying. So it's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll accept your. But yeah. you know, the, and you're, and you're absolutely right when you're talking about that is a red flag, and and that's what's you know brought me back to Jesus, <laughs> brought that up, and then I started digging deeper, and you know. Randall Cobb was the most efficient receiver in the league, and Jordy Nelson was the second most efficient receiver in the league. So it's definitely a problem with Devontae Adams, and it does feel a bit like Jarrett Boykin all over again. But with the injury concerns with Cobb and Nelson and Aaron Rodgers and that offense, that is the only reason that he is kind of appealing. It's like a handcuff situation. You know, Zach Stacy's not an elite talent, but he was a – he was in that position to where he produced for a while, right? Yeah, well, and so my, what I'm going to say is, yes, I think there is potential for a third option in the Packers' offense. I just don't think it's Adams, and I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it's Ty Montgomery. I I think you know, and we'll get to Eddie Lacy in a little bit, who's also going to be a piece of the passing game. You know, not quite you know as a, a James Jones role, because I think when James Jones is there. You know, the year he went off, like, they didn't have an elite, they didn't have Eddie Lacy running like he is now. So, I think, uh, you know, I think, I think Ty Montgomery is really interesting. I think he can line up in a different way, you know, you know, a multitude of ways. I think they could use him kind of what we wanted Percy Harvin to be or when Percy Harvin shows his, his abilities, what he does. Um, you know, as a, as a guy who can get the ball in the backfield, he can get the guy, you know, short, quick, quick routes, he can go deep. Um, so, you know, Montgomery is a guy that's interesting to me. And I know there's going to be a lot of Jeff Janis truthers out there that are going to, the bang the drum for him. I, 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 you know, go, go ahead. You know, if it hits for you, good job. But, um, I, I don't see that. But, you know, Dennis, am I crazy to, to like Ty Montgomery or, or is that kind of, that ship, you know, never really going to leave the harbor? Absolutely not, and and I like that 
you know, in the when we first started this whole pre-draft process, you and I, you know, we kind of did this whole scouting thing together in a way. But um, you wasn't very fond of Ty Montgomery, and then you know, once you actually got to sit down and watch him, man, I think he was like, wow. And I think it was a little biased against you because he plays for Stanford or whatever, but. Then we brought Emery on, and when Emery, a guy we both trust, Emery Hunt, you know, he had him graded as a first-round grade, and he explained why, man, and and he convinced me of that, that Ty Montgomery is a a great player. I know Ron took a shot on him in the Dynasty League, and Ron was always one step ahead of me in our Dynasty Leagues this year. He got Ty Montgomery before me, which really bothered me, and then he got Thomas Rawls, which still bothers me. Well, and yeah, and I want to talk because uh, you know Emery, I, I, Emery Hunt w- brought a lot of good points, and I kind of went back and and watched some of the stuff he was talking about, and I was like, you know what? Now, now that I'm re- rewatching it, especially with Kevin Hogan, I mean, if you've watched any Stanford football, you know how atrocious Kevin Hogan can be most of the time. So, for you know, uh, yes, he dropped balls that I I don't like, but I think the difference between Kevin Hogan and Aaron Rodgers. And, and his athletic ability. I'm not, and I still, you know, I, Emery went a little overboard, I think, saying he's a first round type talent. I think, I think, you know, I think he's a guy that can be a really talented, you know, two, three option that, that, that it can be utilized in a lot of different ways. And, and in that offense with Jordy Nelson on one side and Cobb on the other, I think that, you know, the middle of the field, and we'll, we'll get to their tight ends, you know, situation here in a second, but, you know, I think the potential for him to do something is is definitely there. And you know, if I'm in dynasty leagues and I can grab him, you know, in rookie drafts or, or in dynasty startups, I'm definitely definitely going to try wherever I can. Um, and let's talk about those tight ends because Andrew Corliss, I guess he had a, he had a gun charge, but it seems like the Packers are going to keep him around. And you know, Richard Rogers has always been a guy that's you know fantasy owners have kind of talked about and. It's kind of been interesting because you know you think a you know a tight end catching passes from Aaron Rodgers would be would be you know you know something of value, but you know Ron, I'll let you start. You know Richard Rodgers' value and or Andrew Corliss or are you just kind of avoiding the the tight end situation in Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just sticking to the high ground. I'm just going to avoid both those guys. We don't know how the whole Corliss thing is going to uh, turn out. He could end up getting suspended for a few games. Um, so that that's one thing you got to take into consideration if you're taking him late. Um, and Rogers, we've seen flashes in the past, and it just that's all they've been is flashes. So I, I just I see so many other mouths to feed in that offense. And like you brought up earlier about Eddie Lacy, he's obviously been more involved in the passing game um, last year. I think we're going to see more of that again this year. So I just think there's just too many, way too many mouths to feed to really support. Yeah, and especially tight ends. When we were talking about tight ends earlier, the the guys that you can get, you know, after the top fifteen, like the the risk of taking Richard Rodgers or Corliss versus taking, you know, uh, Jordan Reed or Niles Paul or Larry Donnell or Vernon Davis or, you know, there's a lot of names that are a lot more interesting with more potential for me, uh, especially in the offenses they run. What about you, Dennis? Are you interested in any of these tight ends? No, nah, man. I think the days of Green Bay tight ends for fantasy uh, died with uh, Jermichael Finley's career, and even he was frustrating. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even last year, Aaron Rodgers finished as a number two fantasy quarterback, and really, what tight end could we count on? I think Richard Rodgers had one touchdown, and I don't even know if – I think Corliss didn't even have any. So, um, I, I don't know what the guy was that uh, – cost him the chance to go to the Super Bowl with the onside kick, but I know he's no longer there. I can't even remember his name offhand. But um <coughs> see at it. Brandon yeah, Brandon, yeah. yeah. So so to answer your question, no, I, I don't you know, I'm not interested in either one. I'll tell you one guy I was really, really interested in when he was on the roster and he was a free agent signing and I think all of us fantasy owners were really like foaming out the mouth and that was Colt Lairla, but that didn't work out for one reason or another. So you know, if if for some reason Lairla come back and was able to get a role, then yes. But you know, Richard Rodgers, I was kind of puzzled when they took him because I thought there was other tight ends they could have drafted ahead of him or even after him that brought a little more of a skill set. But we'll see, man. It's, it's something I might stream if you know my tight end gets hurt because um, tight end position is pretty fragile. 
All right, well, let's talk about the running game. And, you know, we talked about Lacey. So, Dennis, I'll let you, go to, I'll let you start. Um, can, you, can you tell me where Lacey is on your projections and, and you know, um, what, what running backs you have him ahead of? Um, I, right now, currently, I got him at five. But, like I said, these ain't set in stone. I'm probably going to move Arian Foster ahead of him. Um, I know a lot of people have Eddie Lacey as their number one running back overall in Dynasty. Well, not in Dynasty. Well, some people might actually over Le'Veon Bell, but a lot of people have Lacey number one and uh, redraft and things like that. And for me, I, I just don't see it. I do think he is a safer first round pick because he does have a role. He is he is a good running back, but I just don't see him finishing, you know, uh, with the 1600 yards like we had DeMarco Murray or, you know, I, I don't see him reaching that upper echelon. I, I think he's that, you know, 11, 1200 yard guy with 12 touchdowns, 10, 10 to 12 touchdowns, pretty safe. And I don't think his, re- his reception numbers were kind of fluky. His like, uh, yards per reception was pretty high. He had a couple long touchdown runs. So I, I think that's going to come down a little bit, but you know, I, like I said, I mean, he's still a top five, top six running back, a safer pick. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm right there with you. And, and to your point, yeah, some people like him as number one because I think when you're taking, you know, you can't really win your draft in by with your first round pick. But if you pick a you know player in the first round and they blow up or they you know they don't you know play to the level you kind of expect, that could completely derail your team. So I mean. I get it, but I just I just think there's so many other players that I'd much rather have. Um, for me, he's, yeah, he's behind Foster, he's behind Bell, he's behind Lynch. Yeah, he's pro. He, him and Demarco Murray are really close. I think the the upside potential of Murray is more interesting to me. He's probably he's probably right there with Forte, like we were talking. He's kind of in the back end of that. What that about first. what about Foster? If you had Lacey or Foster, who are you taking? I'm taking Arian Foster. I, I like Arian Foster a lot. I, I think he's, you know, he's an older guy. And we'll get to the AFC South here in a little bit. But, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have Foster. I think the upside's there. And I still think his workload will be there, too. And what about you, Ron? Where are you at with Lacey? And would you rather have him or Arian Foster? Oh, man. Um, that's a tough question. We're talking just regular. Are we talking dynasty? Just, yeah, re- redraft. Just for this redraft. Year. This year, I think I think based off the offense, I think um, Texans are going to lean more on that on, on Arian Foster than they ever have. So I think based off of the volume, I think he's going to get this year. I, I would probably lean towards Foster. Um, I think he's due for a, a big year, um, but it, it, it's close. I mean, I think they're both going to have pretty damn good years. Yeah, and then what about behind uh, behind Lacey? I mean. You know, John, uh, what's this? John Crockett. No. Three. Starks. J- James Starks has been a guy that, you know, he's, when, when he's, when he's had his chance, he's actually been, you know, a nice little streaming option for some owners and stuff. So, you know, is, is Starks someone you're, you're worried about? Or if you're drafting Lacey, are you trying to get Starks as, a, as kind of your handcuff? Uh, Dennis, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, Starks is pretty cheap right now, and I'm even taking him to block the Lacey owners. I mean, like you said, I mean, that that's the kind of guys that win you, win you championships, man. Like, think about it. Lacey goes down, that makes that team weaker, and then you got his handcuff, you're stronger. So, you know, I like to take handcuffs where guys like Ace Lacey, who's had a history of concussions, and he's a violent runner, so, you know – it wouldn't be out of the question for him to get another concussion and, you know, maybe two. Who knows? They kind of come consecutively with him, it seems. So, yeah, I definitely like Starks. Like you said, I mean, he uh, he performed pretty well in spot duty. So, yeah, absolutely. And then, Ron, what about uh, John Crockett? Because I think he's an interesting name that, you know, fantasy owners, I think, were, you know, especially the dynasty owners, were interested in and, he ended up going to a situation where it doesn't seem like he he might get that much work, especially initially. So, you know, is Crockett a guy that's interesting to you in dynasty formats? And you know, are, is it are you kind of hope drafting him and hoping he ends up somewhere else, or, or what are your thoughts on Crockett? I actually am really interested in this kid, and he, you know, he, he didn't get much much hype just playing in a small school where he played. Uh, in North Dakota State, so not a lot of people know a lot about him. But I think Green Bay has that knack of just tr- 
being able to draft players, it doesn't matter what position it is. We've seen them do it with wide receiver, with the wide receiver position and with running backs. I mean, they just, the scouting they do, um, that they usually hit on these players in, in the defensive side also too. So I think Crockett's another one of those players. And a lot of people may not realize it, but James Starks is on his last year of a rookie contract. So last season. So this is like do or die year for him. And I think if they see anything from Crockett, uh, I think Starks is going to be, you know, probably going to be on a different team next year. And Crockett's going to have an opportunity to be the number two running back uh, behind Eddie Lacy, who, just like you just said, has had a few concussions in his time. And, and that's, you know, we, we all remember a name called Javid Best in Detroit. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's Lacey, what's going to happen to Lacey, but it's something you've got to be uh, – cognizant of and you got to be a little concerned you know long term concussions are serious and the NFL takes them serious nowadays and the way that Eddie Lacy runs I just hope that he kind of changes his running style a little bit with the leading with the head because it's going to get him in trouble but Crockett to answer your question he's you know they nickname him Taz for Tasmanian Devil because he's just got a non-stop motor and, and he's just a fun player to watch and, and if you watch any of his college tape you know, again, it's North Dakota State, so, you know, the level of competition may not be up there, but, I mean, he put up some monster numbers. I mean, we're talking 2,000 yards last year, 21 touchdowns. So, again, we'll take it with a grain of salt, you know, considering the competition. But I also have heard some people um, have drawn some, like, poor man Eddie George comps. So, um, oh, now you're now you're tugging at the heartstrings there. <laughs> so I'm just saying, man, this is this is one of the things that, that that's been thrown out there. And he actually, if you look at the combine, he was pretty he pretty much was up in the top like ten in, in all the running back numbers, like at every every drill. I mean, he was just he's that athletic. So I, I really do like him. I mean, in Dynasty, I would you don't have to pay really much or anything um, to get him, and he he goes he went undrafted in a lot of them. I mean, if you have another guy on your roster just sitting there who's just garbage, why not take a shot on him? We're talking about the Green Bay Packers, and if he makes a team and there's an injury to one of those two guys in front of him, he's going to have a role. Yeah, I like that. I like that point, and I like the Starks point because, you know, not only does it help Crockett, but if I'm in a dynasty league, and and Dennis, I want to get your thoughts on this too, is, you know, if you can get James Starks for, for a song and a dance or, you know, a bag of chips or something, like, do you think that's an interesting target for dynasty owners as a he could potentially be a lead back somewhere next season? Who, James Starks? Yeah. It could he, potentially. I don't know. I thought he just re-upped with Green Bay recently. But I, I would actually rather talk about Crockett for a second. I mean, sure. he, he's a guy I liked. I mean, he was very a very instinctive runner, and he had one of the nastiest jump cuts I've seen. It was probably one of my favorite moves he did is – Probably had one of the best in this class, too. And he plays with a lot of intensity and power. He's not that much different from a, a size standpoint and a power standpoint than Lacey. And he has good hands out of the backfield. So if Eddie Lacey goes down and, bam, somebody's got Starks or, you know, you don't get Starks or whatever, I would also take John Crockett just because we seen last year, like with Denver, I mean, okay, Monte Ball goes down, boom, Ronnie Hillman. Oh, Ronnie Hillman goes down, bam, C.J. Anderson, people's riding his coattails to the playoffs. John Crockett could do that same type of thing, and Starks has had a his injury of history of his own, and it wouldn't be out of the question for them to be in like a committee type role because I do think Crockett is just as good as Starks. I like his hands out of the backfield a little better than Starks. And, you know, we've seen that Green Bay like to use their running backs out of the backfield. So um, as far as Starks, I mean, to me, dude, like I don't think he's a number one running back. I mean, he could be, I guess. He's more like a a Ben Tate kind of guy that, you know, might go somewhere and probably don't work out. I, I I don't think I would, unless I'm the unless I'm trying to shop him to the Lacey owner or I own Lacey. That'd be the only way I'd be interested in Starks, honestly. Yeah, and and Ron was right. His con- he signed a two year deal in 2014, so he, this is the last year of that deal. So you know he could find himself going elsewhere, or you know maybe he'll just realize how good of a situation he has, even though he's not real. One other we thing, both Kyle was right. <laughs> yeah, when you're asking about um, Starks and Dynasty, Kyle. He's 29 years old. A lot of people don't realize he's that old. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and to 
So sometimes I like to look at the Rashad Jennings, the Michael Turner, the guys that didn't have quite the workload, so I'm willing to take a shot on them a little older. But I was just trying to think of him, you know, in a big picture if if it's even really worth it. But um, let's you know let's let's finish up the the NFC North tonight. We've been we've been going at this for a little while, but let's talk uh, let's talk Minnesota Vikings. Let's talk about a guy I'm really excited about and. Dennis kind of helped calm me down a little bit on him, but I, I still like him quite a bit. I think, you know, the future is really bright, and that's T- Teddy Bridgewater. I think, you know, it, it seems like he has a lot of great weapons around him. They're building that offense to kind of cater to some of the things he does really well. So, Ron, I'll let you start. Um, where are you at with Bridgewater for this season and, and kind of uh, what he could be going forward in terms of dynasty? Oh, I love me some Teddy Bridgewater, man. Cue the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon because I'm driving that bus. <laughs> I'm driving that wagon all day, all night. I really like Next the stop is Kyle's I, house. Oh, no, I am I picked Ron up on the way, don't worry. <laughs> I just I needed to take a break of driving it. Yeah, if you can stand the smell of these Vikings around us, uh, it's going to be a good ride. No, you know, he really improved in the last six games of last year, and, and I kind of look at – you know, when I'm looking at players and, and kind of evaluating for the following year, I, I look at the how they finished the previous year, and if it was on a high note or if it was a low, low note. In this case, Teddy Bridgewater finished on a high note, and he, he really did improve uh, during the last six games. I think he had like a 10, 10 to 6 touchdown to re, um, interception ratio, which is not, you know, out of this world. But, again, he was a rookie, you know, so – you know, he, he's only going to improve his second year in uh, the system that uh, North Turner has there. So I, I like him for a number of reasons, but, you know, I, I think his, he's a really athletic quarterback, and now he's got even more targets than ever before, you know, with Mike Wallace. He's got a deep threat now with Mike Wallace. You know, they, they went out and drafted, uh, you know, Diggs. I mean, there's so many targets there. And then, okay, you got AP coming back who, mm-hmm. you know, if he, can we just sit down and sit – think for a second what his numbers would have looked like with a healthy AP and if none of that stuff had to happen with AP if he played a full slate of games I mean maybe we, we might be talking about a quarterback to finish somewhere in the in the top you know 12 instead of where he did finish last year so you know that would have taken a lot of pressure off him so I think that's like the main reason why I love Teddy Bridgewater this year is because he does have an all pro running back um, in the backfield now to take the pressure off his shoulders uh, it doesn't have to all be Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't have to make a lot of things happen. He's just got to go with the flow and uh, build some chemistry with these new pieces he has, and I think he will. So I think I, the future is bright for this kid, and he's 22 years old. You know, I, I'm drafting him in every league that I can, to be honest with you, every every single league. Yeah, and I want to talk about Peterson a little bit because, you know, a lot of people look at Pete, the return of Peterson as kind of a negative and he's going to take away all his looks and all this stuff. But, you know, he's going to also make the defense focus on him. He's also an amazing pass catcher who in North Turner's offense is going to get utilized. So 70 catches, you know, is very reasonable for Peterson who's, you know, we'll get to him in a little bit, but he's my number one back for this season. So. You know, I like that that Peterson's back. I love Charles Johnson. I think Mike Wallace is going to be interesting. I think Kyle Rudolph, if he can stay healthy, um, will be a nice target for for the young quarterback. But you know, thirty five, four thousand yards. You know, maybe twenty ish touchdown, twenty two, twenty three touchdowns. Like, I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater than Matthew Stafford this year. And I, I people might say that's crazy, but I, I, I think that. I think that's where I'm at. What about you, Dennis? Where, where are you at with Teddy and, and kind of uh, what he could be this season? I mean, he showed a lot last year. He showed that he was the best quarterback in last year's draft. So, you know, what I, what I like, the reason I like him is because now that AP's back, he's going to be, you know, throwing against eight and nine-man boxes. I mean, and he's got speedsters. He's got legitimate receivers. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think his touchdown total is necessarily going to be as high as – you know, some do, but, you know, right now I have him as QB 16, which is, a, you know, that, that's still improving on his numbers. I got him 25 touchdowns, 3,800 yards, which I think is pretty realistic. I mean, he could do a lot more in North Turner's offense, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, um, why not? He's one of those quarterbacks that's definitely on the rise. He could take that big leap from year one to two. We're kind of seeing a changing of the guard. We're seeing – 
Peyton Manning and Drew Brees falling off a little bit, and especially with Tom Brady being out the first half of the year, you know, that there's guys moving out of the top ten. So when them guys move out of the top ten, people's got to move in, and, and Bridgewater is definitely one of those guys who could. And let's talk about his pass catchers, because, Dennis, I know you're really excited about the potential of Mike Wallace this season. But, you know, talk to me about his pass catchers in general. And, you know, do you obviously, you know, uh, Cordero Patterson has been a guy who frustrated, you know, showed showed off in week one and then basically did nothing the rest of the year. So, you know, talk to me, Wallace. Talk to me, Patterson and, and any other pass catcher in, in Minnesota. For me, the guy I like the most is Wallace, and Wallace has been pretty steady. He's been a wide receiver, too, and he's even had wide receiver one numbers in Pittsburgh. So it's a guy who's done it versus a guy like Charles Johnson, who we've seen a limited sample size. Granted, it was a great sample, but, you know, Wallace finished as wide receiver 18 last year. He's being drafted as, like, wide receiver 33 or something like that, and I don't get it because he didn't take a downgrade at quarterback. I think he kind of got an upgrade in terms of the deep ball because, you know, his chemistry with Tannehill in the deep ball has, has been an obvious problem. So, you know, and, and the thing that people is downplaying the most is what is North Turner football? North Turner is – Let's get vertical. Let's get down the field. Let's air corral. Let's take the top off the defense. Hello, that's Mike Wallace's game. He's still one of the fastest receivers in the league. So I just don't understand why there's not much love for Wallace. And and he makes my point of taking running backs early even stronger because I definitely think he's being underrated this year. Yeah, the one thing I will say about Wallace, I think he's kind of frustrated owners. Where yeah, if you look at his numbers at the end of the season, they're they're nice, but he he kind of lives and dies off that deep ball, and and he might be a guy that you know is a nice like third fourth option to have, but you don't really want to have to rely on. Um, I am a big Charles Johnson fan. I, I think he has a lot of potential this year, and like you said, the the sample he did show last year was impressive. So. Yeah, it was a small sample size, but I think he has the the talent and the potential to develop with a really good young quarterback and and become a and become a real weapon. Uh, Ron, what about you? You know, Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace, Cordell Patterson, um, any or all of these guys interesting to you? Oh, Wallace is definitely interesting, and I think just like Dennis said, I mean, now we got a quarterback who I think will be able to get him the ball. We'll be facing those eight man boxes and be and be able to fire away. So I think Wallace will be able to get deep. We all know he's going to get, be able to get deep, and, and I think Bridgewater's going to be able to get him the ball. So I think he's going to have plenty of touchdowns. I don't know where the yardage is going to be at the end of the year. Um, I, I don't think he eclipses 900, but I think the touchdowns are going to be there. And, and I think, you know, probably the better, uh, more safe option, I think, is honestly Charles Johnson. I think this guy is going to get more receptions. He's going to be more consistent on a week-to-week basis, whereas Mike Wallace is more your best ball target. You know, the guy's going to blow up for a, a big week here and there and, and help you out. But as far as the consistency, I don't know that it's going to be there for Wallace. I mean, I hope it is, but uh, more realistically speaking, I think Charles Johnson is going to be that guy that um, Bridgewater looks to first and um, his first read. And I think they're going to utilize him a lot. And let's talk about a couple of pass catchers uh, for dynasty owners to target. And you know, Stephon Diggs uh, is a guy I liked out of Maryland. I think he's, I think he's uh, a little undervalued. I think he has potential to do some stuff. And then uh, Devaris Daniels is another guy that's interesting. He was a he was a undrafted guy, but you know, I think he has the potential to. It'll be interesting to see how this. Roster shakes out, and these two guys might see Cordell Patterson try and find him someplace somewhere else. So, Dennis, you know, Stefan Diggs or Devaris Daniels interesting to you if you're in, you know, a rookie draft or a dynasty startup? Um, maybe Diggs, the other guy. I'll be honest, Kyle, I haven't watched a whole lot of him, don't know a lot about him. But as far as Cordero Patterson, man, I'm not totally giving up on that guy yet. He's still an elite athlete. He's still a freak. He's still an amazing, electrifying player with the ball in his hands. Now, we all knew, most of us knew, I should say, that he was going to be a project, man. He had only had, like, two years of football experience. So, he's not going to just come and pick it up right away, you know. So, this was his final shot with me 
to be honest with you, at least drafting him or believing in him or, you know, toting his name. But I still think the talent's there. I still think he can put something together. I mean, last year, dude, he was a fourth-round pick. I mean, he's still that same talent of guy. He just hasn't – he just struggled to learn the system. Even mm-hmm. Josh Gordon struggled to learn the system this year in Cleveland. So, I mean, it, it happens from time to time. Chad Johnson struggled to learn the system in New England. Like, it happens. But once yeah, everything but it- starts clicking, then – that talent will show. I don't know if those are guys you want to be associated with as a potential, like, you know, those guys both had, um, mental problems, I guess you could say, or mental lapses off the, off the, off the field and on the field. So that's, that would be a little concerning, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on Patterson. I, I, I think it's frustrating to see him, you know, produce and utilize in a couple ways on in week one and then basically never see the field. But, you know that's 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 an interesting. Uh, I mean, he's an interesting guy, and I think you can he can be had for cheap uh, if if you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. Um, can, can we just put him in the same category as Justin Hunter and just be done with it? Well, they, it's funny because they both went to University of Tennessee too. They were they. Were, no, but uh, Patterson's uh, a lot a lot more promising than Hunter, in my opinion. Uh, Hunter, dude, oh, I can't wait till the AFC South podcast. <laughs> me, and Ty, me and Ty Miller are going to talk so much, Justin Hunter. You guys are going to want to like show yourselves out. <laughs> you guys can talk yourself right into it. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no. But let's let's finish up the Vikings and let's talk about Peterson. Because so Dennis, where where does Peterson rank for you um, in terms of running backs and and kind of what he could be this year? Numero uno, an ang- I- an angry, pissed off player who is legitimately angry and pissed off. All I gotta do is all I gotta say is watch out. Like I know people's like, oh that year off might hurt him, like do this no. The ACL didn't hurt him. Like he's gonna be a beast, dude. The Vikings are gonna the Vikings could be a playoff team. I mean they don't have a bad roster. They have a 100%. great staff. So if they want to get to that next level, dude, they're gonna have to give AP the ball 300 times, and I see him doing that. I got him projected for over 300 carries, 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, making him wide receiver number one, or wide receiver. I said yeah, that make him receiver number one too. I said that I was looking at my 40 receptions I got projected for him, but and I think yeah, that dude. might be a little low, Dennis. I honestly do. Could be. Um, and the one thing I will tell you guys, if you're if you're betting inclined, um, and me and and we'll be we'll be mixing in a little a uh, little gambling if if you have access to Vegas or Atlantic City or whatever. But um, you know, the Vikings win total I think is like seven or eight wins right now, and and you can if you can pound that over, uh, I highly 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 recommend it. I think nine ten wins, borderline playoff team, second best team in the division is is very much in play for this team and. Um, it is a good gamble. Ron, what about you? Are you with Dennis and I as Peterson number as your number one back? Uh, number one back this year. I think with him coming back, there's definitely a lot of question marks, but I know Dennis brought it up earlier. It's like, you know, what was it just a few years ago that everybody was passing him up and he was falling to the third round and, and boy, did he burn us all. Everybody that, that was, uh, that passed him up has definitely regretted it. So, you know, I, he's going to come back pissed off, and, and you got to think that he's going to do big things this year in that offense. So, you know, I th- definitely think he's got to be up there. I mean, it's number one. Uh, it's a so, would you rather of- would you rather have Levy and Bell or, or Adrian Peterson? Uh, I would probably t- I would probably rather have Bell because I know that I feel strong enough in my drafting skills to be able to get get enough pieces to survive the first month of the season and you know once bell comes back i just think he, he you know he's he's the best running back out there and what a, you know, what about demarco murray or adrian peterson i probably if it's if it's standard i would probably go um demarco murray if it's ppr i would probably go ap just because i think he'll be more involved and he'll He's going to be an anchor, and he's going to get all all the carries and all the snaps for the most part. Jamal Charles or Adrian Peterson? Mm, I'm going to take AP. 
Okay, so he's like three or four for you, depending on if you're PPR, he might go a little higher, and standard, he can go a little lower. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't mean, like I said, if you want to take Lacey or Bell or Jamal Charles as your number one back, I'm I'm not going to tell you you're stupid, but um, personally, I'm taking Peterson, and I mean, and it's, and it's kind of, I don't want to, that's how I would have ranked him last year, and yes, he didn't play, but he's not coming off the major injury, and like I was saying, I really think the, uh, the catch total is very much in play to 60, 70, 80 catches is very realistic for, for Peterson. So, um, so according to that, Ron, it sounds like you got DeMarco Murray as your number one or number two running back. Is that right? I'm pretty high on him, but he's on number two. Yeah. Number two in PPR or number two in redraft and number three in PPR is basically what it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, I said I would take him in the standard. I would take him over AP. Uh, in in PPR, I want AP. How about them Reds, Kyle? <laughs> How about them Reds? All right, guys, let's let's finish up the NFC uh, North with a little good, a little bad, a little upside. Ron, I'll let you start. Start with your I'm good. Shocked, I'm shocked that we're not going to talk any tight ends with North 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 Carolina offense. <laughs> no, Kyle Rudolph sucks. Move on. <laughs> There's one name real quick. I want to throw him out there. Uh, shout out to Josh Johnson over there, the Dynasty Pulse. This is his guy, Michael Pruitt. Watch out for this kid, Dynasty owners, because he is going to be number two at, um, behind Rudolph. And I, I just have a feeling this guy's going to get hurt again, and we're going to have a rookie that, that's going to surprise some some people. I mean, he was a stud in us uh, at uh, Southern Illinois, I believe. And um, let's see, 44 career games. He caught 221 passes for. 2,600 yards and 25 touchdowns, uh, Southern Illinois. So this kid's got some big hands. Uh, Saluki. Yeah, Saluki. So just want to throw his name out there. And like I said, I know, uh, I know there's a lot of guys out there that are high on him. So waited the whole podcast for that, Kyle. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's going to throw out their little nugget or their, their player. That, <laughs> that, that's know, a so good they, nugget, though. I give him that. Yeah, no, that is a good nugget, especially, you know, like we were talking about. We don't – we're not big Rudolph guys. Like, you know, even if it was the red-nosed reindeer and, uh, you know, he's injured, <laughs> injury, injured, injury prone. So, you know, if there's if there's a guy behind him, I, you know, I've kind of looked for that guy. So that might be an interesting name. So, uh, Ron. I mean, come on. I was promoting A.C. Leonard last year, so – Kyle's or like, Robinson from the Giants, that? right? How, how no, about well, I'm, I'm still sticking on the uh, – at least I'm on the same team. It's the Vikings, but they ended up cutting him. But anyways. Anyways, Ron. So so the good, the bad, and the upside. Go, Ron. The good, I'm going to stick with my guy, Randall Cobb. You know what you're going to get from him. He's always good. Uh, the bad, I'm going to stick close to home, Jay Cutler. I, I don't – I don't think he finishes the year as a starter with the Bears. I'm saying it now. I'll say it again. I'm just not buying it. And what we got left? The upside? Upside. Uh, the upside for me in, in this division, there's a lot of players that I would probably look at. I would probably go Alshon Jeffrey just because I think, um, you know, is being a number one, finally a number one option. I think whether or not I like Jay Cutler or not, I know there's going to be plenty of targets going his way. And what about you, Dennis? Um, good. I'm gonna say Mike Wallace because he continually finishes in the top twenty every year. I know it's a little up and down, but you know he did score ten touchdowns last year. So, you know, I I, I like Wallace in the North Turner system. It's pr- it's pretty simple. Um, as far as the bad, I will say the entire Bears team. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Bad. Let's see. I'll say Matt Matt Forte, and I and I'm gonna say that because I don't think he's bad. I did say he's a safe pick, but I do think there is potential that he slips out of the top ten and he doesn't return that draft capital you have to spend on him. So that's why I'm gonna say bad. It's more of a like a buyer beware. Just you know. Um, and upside, man, it's Eddie Royal, dude, all the way. Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate, part two. 
All right. So for my good, I'm going to go with Jordy Nelson. He's probably one of my favorite receivers. I, you know, I, I probably, I wouldn't take him over Demarius Thomas or Des Bryant, but you know, he's, he's right there for probably number three for me. Um, my bad, my bad is going to be Matthew Stafford. I think he's getting overdrafted. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, I think he's a lot closer to, to, to 20 than he is to 10. Um, and, and my upside is going to be, is going to be Jay Cutler. I think, I think if you like Matthew <laughs> Stafford, you got to like Jay Cutler. I, I'm going to completely disagree with Ron. I think Jay Cutler finished the season as, you know, as the starter, and I think he's top 12, top 13. And if you, you know, want to wait on quarterback and take him and, um, you know, him or any, you could, you could even pair him with, uh, with a, with a Carson Palmer or something if you want to not be, take such a big risk. But I, I think Cutler's going to be fine this year, and I think he's going to be, he's going to produce. And, you know, uh, to Ron's point, I think Alshon Jeffries is, is a good enough, is a great number one potential. I think Martellus Bennett will be fine. I think, you know, I think Kevin White has a lot of potential as well. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy on Jay Cutler. I was actually kind of hoping the, the Titans would make a move and, and go get him as their quarterback, but, uh, they didn't. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep buying on, on Jay Cutler. So, uh, that was, this was a lot of fun, guys. We talked, uh, we talked to NFC North. Um, you know, like if you, if you missed the last few episodes, we did, I believe we're almost done with the NFC or, or now are we done? I believe, uh, yeah, we've, we've hit everybody now. So, um, the NFC is done. I'll go up to fakepigskin.com slash podcast and check out the rest of them. Um, while you're there, make sure you're downloading the draft guide. It's completely free this year. It has, you know, anything and everything you'll need. Uh, you know, thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Ron. This is a lot of fun. And, uh, well, we'll be back next week and, and we'll start dipping into the AFC.